Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I want you to turn to actually two scriptures. Have, have, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1 in the New King James, and then I want you to put your finger over to Exodus 30, verse 22. How many hungry for the word this morning? All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I never preached this message in my life, but it popped out of me, and I did a lot of study this week on it. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1, and then also put your finger on Exodus 30 verse 22 through 25. If you're there, say amen. Here's how Ecclesiastes reads. It's going to seem funky, but I promise you it's symbolic and prophetic for what God wants to do in our life. Say amen. Dead flies, everybody say flies, putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. I'm going to read that again. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment. Dead flies, they putrefy or make it a foul odor. What was supposed to be beautiful, what was supposed to be pleasant, what is supposed to be powerful, what is supposed to be a a, a good fragrance, dead flies putrefy was supposed to be good. Now, why do I start with this in our 6th year anniversary? Now, so this is going to be a slow ride to the top, but I promise you at the end it's going to make all sense. And today there's going to do some prophetic symbolism of spiritual flies because uh, another symbolic word for ointment. Come on, if you've been in the body of Christ for a long time, what's another word for ointment? All right, thank you for that one person. It's anointing. Of, of oil, the actual anointing oil that actually would break yokes of bondage in actual animals. But in the spirit realm, it is symbolic of the anointing in your life, the presence of God in your life. Listen to me. The light of God in your life, the glow of the Holy Spirit in your life. The ointment is the oil of the Spirit in you. Now, Exodus chapter 30 proves that the the anointing is the ointment, all right? So you have to see this in context so you understand why I started with Ecclesiastes 10. Because it said dead flies putrefy or decay the ointment. Moreover, verse chapter 30, verse 22 through 25. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, by the way, in a couple weeks, I broke these five ingredients down. I don't have time to do it, but there's five ingredients of the holy anointing oil. I spoke on the ingredients of incense a couple, about a year ago, but, now, but this, is, this is not what I'm talking about today, but this is a foreshadow. The Lord said to Moses, take yourself quality spices, five, we just came from five, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, Half much sweet smelling cinnamon. This is in the in the New King James. Two hundred and fifty shekels of sweet smelling cane. That's three. Five hundred shekels of cassia. That's four. According to the shekels of the sanctuary, and a hen or a, or a gallon, one point five gallons of olive oil. Now, what is that for? Keep reading. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded, come on somebody, according to the art, uh uh-oh, I can't, what, 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 of the what? 
of the what? Come on, you should have shouted. That was a good moment to shout. Because I said in the beginning that dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment. The perfumer's ointment. Exodus 30 says, you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. And it shall be a holy anointing. My God, I feel like preaching this morning. Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, flies get in the ointment. And as a result of, of being allowed in the ointment and not guarding the ointment, and not guarding that oil, flies began to be attracted. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to be funny, but there's things that attract flies. There's things that attract flies. Anytime there is flies all around, there's decay. There's deadness. There's no life. Anytime there's big old uh, flies up in here, I know something died because they're attracted to death. And can I be honest? They're attracted to poop, poo poo. <laughs> flies love stench. But if they're attracted to the Christian, that means the Christian is not examining some areas of their life that have become dead that have become stagnant, that have become a little foul with just the little things that they're allowing. And watch this. You could actually repel the presence of God and bring in flies. And it will disrupt and make the anointing of the Spirit of God in you, not from God, not of God himself, but the light in you grow dim and we become powerless. Flies in your anointment or anointing or ointment will putrefy the presence of God that you have made build up so long to build up so strong. And I'm trying to tell you today that it is the flies and the ointment that putrefy the perfumer. The perfumer's oil that is in you. And here's, what, here's the thing. There are some Christians that instead of attracting people to Jesus, they are repelling people away from Jesus. Because we don't know that all this time we've been opening ourselves to flies coming into our life. And it is draining the light and the anointing of God. Please do not be mistaken. Yes, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. But don't expect that you're going to walk in the same power that you did when you were walking holy than when you are living with flies. Don't think that the anointing flow is going to happen in a powerful way. God is not going to trust ointment with people that are allowing flies in their life. Come on, say amen. And that's why we have to guard our mind because make, we have to make the anointing in our lives valuable. Oh, God. Now, now are you ready for this? You know what? Beel, you know, okay, Chris, I know you're a word person. Beelzebub in the Hebrew, you know what it means? The Lord of the flies. Oh, my. Uh-oh. You know, the Lord, the captain of the flies, the Lord of the flies in Beelzebub. And for reference, you could actually go to 2 Kings chapter 1 because it was a king that was a wicked king. And just real, real, real quick, and, and he fell from a, child, from a place, and he was very ill. And that's for, you can see that in 2 Kings chapter 1. And Elijah, the prophet, was there. And you know what the guy said? He goes, hey, why don't you find the king, the wicked king, he goes to his servant, why don't you go to Ekron, the, the, the Beelzebub, the god of Ekron. 
Beelzebub, Beelzebub in the Hebrew means the Lord of the flies. Watch me now. And Elijah, uh, the Lord came on Elijah and said to, interrupted his servants while they were on the way to go to this Beelzebub God in the Old Testament. I know this sounds weird to some of you, but it's in the Bible. And the Lord said to him, is there not a God in Israel that you cannot seek, that you're seeking Beelzebub? In Matthew, in the book of Matthew, they accuse Jesus of casting out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. So Beelzebub in the spirit is Satan himself. He's the Lord of the flies. Flies in the ointment putrefy your anointing. And they putrefy it. There are certain spiritual flies that can get in our ointment that will severely hamper our witness. Woo. And can eventually make us powerless. There's flies. Listen, watch this. Flies only attract uh, to, to dead things. And I'm going to share some other things in, uh, towards the end that's going to make you shout. And unfortunately, spiritual flies, they bite Christians. Now watch this. Now, I'm not promoting this movie. I don't even know when it came out. I, 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 I just, I, I, as a Christian, I don't believe we should be watching horror movies filled with demons. I know that sounds old school, but you, the eyes and the, uh, the windows of your soul and your ears. Don't be watching horror movies just because it, you get scared. There's demons behind those things. It's all right. You don't got to like me. You're open. So watch this. I used to remember. Now, again, so I said that to, as a disclaimer, right? There was this movie years ago called The Fly. And it was gross. Like, oh, oh, oh. How, I think it was this guy. What was that actor's name? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum, right? He got, he got bit by a fly. Now watch this. I'm going somewhere. And he started slowly morphing and acting like the fly. Don't make me preach for a second here. When you get bitten by spiritual flies, you take on the nature of that fly. And there are Christians, unfortunately, that have flies in their soul that are putrefying, in their mind that are putrefying the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so I did some study on some certain flies, and I'm going to give you three today. Just to give you some context of, of, of natural flies and what they do and how it's symbolic of flies in the church. Because I'm just going to have some news for you. There's some flies in the church. <laughs> flies putrefy the anointing. What is it that we are sensing, allowing, happening in our life that is over and over again? Let me pause and say this. If something that you're yielding to is over and over again for the last 20 years, it's no longer a weakness, my friend. That's a bondage. If you can't get over something for 20 years, and I'm not saying this to be mean, that's don't lo no longer call it a weakness. It's a bondage that you need. It's a fly. That's been stuck and is hampering your witness and is draining you of your life. Watch this. So, so the first fly that we're going to put up, which I read this, and this is beautiful. This is the first fly because this, this is kind of a symbolic of us. Remember, there's flies in the church, and then we slowly become like the flies that bit the church spiritually. Okay? Now watch this. The first fly is a butterfly. Now, I didn't even realize this. That, you know that the butterfly, the butterfly is so beautiful. It's so nice. But when I looked at it, it was actually part of the insect family. It's actually part of the fly family. I didn't know that. Remember, dead flies putrefy the ointment. I'm going to explain what dead flies is, but you have to fill in the blank yourself. 
What are the dead flies in your life that are constantly harassing you, constantly pursuing you, and why are they attracted to you? Uh, well, we got to be careful what I'm about to say next, but sometimes we attract what we are. I had a prophet. This is a true story. This is a, a moment. It's not in my notes. A prophet. I was having lunch with them. A mighty prophet that, that prophesied in the nations, like with Bob Jones and them. And I had lunch with them. And I said, I don't know what God is doing in our church. He's bringing these mature people, like that already have ordained mi- license, like the LaCapras and, 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 and uh, the Scots. I'm like, what is happening? They're already ordained. Why are they coming to us? And you know what this prophet said? He looked at me and he goes, you attract who you are. And I go, what? He goes, God is trusting you with mature saints because he's telling you that he trusts you with your leadership. What are you attracting? What flies are you constantly coming in your life? You have to have some examination and there's certain spiritual flies that are coming. Now, the butterfly, the butterfly is, is interesting because it's considered an insect in the fly family. Now, watch this. It has external beauty. It, when, a, when a butterfly opens its wings, it's beautiful and it's big. And it's considered the biggest of the flies. Okay? Now watch this. It's the biggest of the flies, but it's the weakest of all the fly family. The butterfly is easily killed by any other fly. It has no defense system. His whole purpose is, his whole purpose is to fly and feed. And it does not attack. It is not a predatory fly. So what is the symbolic of it? There are spiritual butterflies in the church because they're beautiful on the outside but have no inner strength on the inside. Why? Because Samson was very powerful on the outside. And he could slay those things on the outside. But he had a weakness that he never conquered. Even though I have, I know by the Lord that Samson was not dumb. He was warned several times, be careful with Delilah. And all of a sudden he made excuses to keep lying on Delilah's lap. How many of us are like butterfly Christians? That we know that God has told us not to do something. And on the outside, I'm not trying to speak hard on you, but I'm just telling the truth. We portray beauty and strength. And gifting, but the inside we're weak. There's a there's an internal weakness that the butterfly has, but it portrays beauty. You and I have to be careful not to let the the butterfly bite us, so that we could appear beautiful before people, and not deal with the weakness inside. Samson, listen, Samson's weakness cost him his anointing. His anointing and his life. My opinion, I don't think it was God's will for him to die like he did. He glorified God at the end, but I don't think he said, okay, I, I really would like you to, to, uh, to go against my word, sleep with Delilah, and then this is my will for you. After they bore out your eyes, then you're going to kill all of them with one last blow. I don't think that's what God said, wanted from Samson. There was a destiny for Samson that he never did. But watch this. Are you ready for this? He never paid attention to that inner weakness. Please hear me, church. Hear me. What is your biggest weakness? When you identify your biggest weakness, you could identify your victory. Because if you identify your weakness, I'm not talking about condemnation. But when you identify what you're weak in and not ignore it as just something of a personality trait. Well, that's just my personality, Pastor. You don't understand. No, no, no. When you identify your weakness, you will run 
from that weakness because Superman never said, where's kryptonite? He ran from kryptonite. You know what the Bible says about, uh, to, 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 to Timothy, what Paul said to Timothy? Don't fight youthful lust. Flee it. Flee youthful lust. He said, there's some things you got to run because you're too weak. Run from this situation. There's certain people that you need to make sure that today after service or during service, you make some adjustments on your heart and say, what is the biggest weakness in my life? Is it complaining? Is it sin? Is it a certain area of my life that I keep going to? Let's not be butterfly Christians. That's the, one, that's the first one. The second one, oh, man, I want to preach on this one. I, when I saw this, I was like, I couldn't understand this. Remember, dead flies putrefy the light of God in you. All right? And flies are symbolic of this demonic realm, but not every fly is demonic. Okay? The second is called a robber fly. Look it up. I couldn't believe this. Robber fly. Put that up there. The, I mean, I said, I'm going to preach on this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's robber flies. Now, ro now robber flies, they're interesting because they make a lot of noise. <laughs> Look it up. They make a lot of noise, and they're big, and they're predatory. They're attackers. These flies are, are uh, attackers, and they kill, and they mimic wasps and bees. Listen to me. Listen to me. And these robber flies, these robber flies, you know what they do? They wait until the, the, the other flies have some food, and they're loud when they're flying, but they get quiet when they're about to steal food. And then they swoop in and they kill the other insects and other flies. But watch this. It makes a lot of noise because it wants to scare their prey. And you know what? We also got robber flies in the church. We got robber flies, listen, that are making a lot of noise, but they're not really saying anything of substance. Come on, somebody. There's, there's people in the church that are speaking a lot of noise in the spirit or a lot of noise in their gifting because maybe they don't have the substance to back up the noise. And the robber fly has a lot of noise, but it has very little substance. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are like robber flies or robber flies have bit them and they become like these robber flies. And you know what happens? These robber flies, they make a lot of noise. But watch this. Sometimes to get the attention of people so that they could be in positions that God never told them to be in. I'm going to say something really powerful, and I, think, I don't think I've ever said this. You're robbing, you and I are robbing God if we're doing something else other than what God called us to do. So if you're a businessman and God called you to be a businessman and it's not working out for you to be a businessman and then you decide to open up a church because you have business skills, God is saying, you're robbing me from the gift that I called you. If you're called to be a pastor and you have really good business skills, but you said, you know what, I'm just going to start business. I'm not going to be a pastor. It's too hard. I really have some good some giftings to be uh, uh, in business. If you don't answer the call to be a pastor, I don't care how good you are in business. You're robbing God of that gift. Woo! We're robbing God of a gift. How do we rob God from not giving him what belongs to him concerning our time? concerning our energy, concerning our family, concerning our finances, concerning our calling. It's not just robbing God in the tithe and offering. No. It's robbing God in your time. They're, they're, the robber fly seeks to rob what belongs to another person. 
And so there's robber flies in the church. And look at this. Look at this slide. We must give to God what belongs to God. Watch this. And we must give to people what God wants us to be, to give to people. Don't be a robber fly. What are you called to give to God? And what are you called to give to people? Well, Pastor George, it's too hard. I don't want to be up on stage anymore. I don't want to give my gifts anymore. It's too hard. I understand it's too hard. But Jesus never said it's too hard to go on the cross. It's too painful to get on the cross. He did it because he knew he had to fulfill his purpose. Do you know that you, I say this in love because I don't want to sound condemning. We, we are robbing God if we are cutting ourselves short from that which he's called us to do. Now, yes, there's a season of rest. Yes, there's a season of healing. But please don't get it twisted. The enemy will like you to stay there. Mm. And you know what the, the third one is? I'm going to speak a little bit more about this. The third member, and I hate this, third member of the, of the fly family is the mosquito. Oh, help me, Lord. I hate mosquitoes. I'm scared of mosquitoes. I run from mosquitoes. I kill mosquitoes. <laughs> the mosquito is one of the most recognized in the family of, of, of flies. Now, when mosquito comes on us, watch this. This is going to get good now. Let's turn to someone says it's going to get good. When a mosquito comes and bites us, sometimes we don't even know it bit us. Do you remember that? You don't be like, oh, look at that. Mosquito's biting me right now. Hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Well, that was a good one. No, it is stealth. A, a, a mosquito bites you. You don't even know where it came from. And what do we always say? Oh, I got bit, the mosquito bite, right? And then it's filled with inflammation. Watch this, the effect of the mosquito, inflammation, pain, swelling. But you know what? When we say a mosquito bit me, that's not actually true because I looked it up. Mosquitoes have no teeth. They have a long tongue. Oh, help me, Jesus. They have no teeth. I was going to show you a picture, but I'm like, no, that, that, they may just turn them off, you know. Right, and the mosquito has no no bite. It has a long tongue, but a needle-like tongue that it it's 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 microscopic and it goes through the skin. And its purpose is to suck the life out of you. Why? Because it's only after the blood, and life is in the blood. Mosquitoes have a favorite hymn. It's called "Nothing But the Blood." They, 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 they get that tongue and they fly out. There's nothing. There's power in the blood. Mosquitoes are not after anything else but your blood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There are things that are attacking you that are seeking to suck the life of God out of you in this moment. Whether it's friendships, oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Whether it's sin and there's mosquitoes that you're attracting and it's not okay with God, but you're saying, hey, it's okay, come, come. And they're sucking the life of God out of you. And mosquitoes need to be dealt with intentionally. Or they keep on coming after the blood. I said after the blood. Mosquitoes want to take a portion of the victim and inflict them by sucking the life out of them. Now watch this. What does that mean in the church world? Here's where I'm getting good, right? What does a long tongue mean in the church world? Gossip and gossiping. 
because gossip has long tails, has a long tongue. All the go- There's been more damage on gossip. Come on, somebody. I've seen family members be destroyed by the long tongue of gossip that is being portrayed in the church, and they, and they go from church person to church person talking about another church person, how that church person didn't do what they like to do, and they're all praising God at the same time. I've seen family members not talk to each other because of gossip. Even I, this church, as their pastor, I've seen friendships split because of gossip. Because no one ever wants to take time to do this and talk. It's always, she hurt me. Look how Pastor George did this. I hate when he does that. I don't like when she does that. Did you hear what she did in that party? Instead of saying, I'm concerned about you. Instead of saying, come on, come on, come on. Instead of, uh, 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 and, and, and you know, you, I, I saw pictures on Instagram, and they were all doing this, and they were drinking. Okay, maybe that's not the wisest choice, and maybe they're not representing Jesus. But if you love them, why are you talking about them? That's that long tongue of the mosquito that is trying to inflict division in the body of Christ. Nothing will separate the body of Christ more than sin and gossip. Because sin and mosquitoes have one thing in common. They're both after blood. Sin is after your life. Listen to me. I know it got quiet in here. Because you need to identify the flies in your ointment today. Oh, God. You need to identify if it's anger, if it's that fly. If that's, if that's putrefying. If, you're, if it's passivity and laziness, that's a fly. Because it's sucking the life out of you. And some of it, I hate to say it, is some, some relationships. It's sucking the life out of you. Situations suck as mosquitoes. Sucking the life out of you. Financial strain. Sucking the life out of you. I've seen it, but that's why we must guard the presence of God in our life. We must guard the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life with intentionality. Because you have an anointing. You have ointment. You have the presence of God. And the light of God and the passion of God will slowly be drained. Have you ever been wondering, like, why is it that I don't have the passion anymore? It's not just because you're getting older. That's part of it. But it's because there's flies that you haven't dealt with. I'm about to say something deep, but I've been holding back because I want to say it to go with my last point. He's given us a specific anointing. Look at 1 John chapter 2. Are you getting something? Remember, dead flies putrefy the, the, the perfumer's oil, and Beelzebub is the lord of the flies. Watch that. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, really quick. I've written these things about those who are attempting to lead you astray, but the wonderful anointing you, ha- anointing you have received from God is so much greater than, than their deception, and that anointing now lives in you. There's no need for anyone to teach you. Now, everybody took that out of context. That, that was in context of, about saying that Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit is going to teach you once you are born again that he is Lord. No one needs to teach you that he is Lord. That doesn't mean that there's no need for teachers. People, people get the scripture out of context. Oh, I don't need a teacher because the anointing is in me. No, that's just a prideful spirit that's trying to be all by themselves. If, you're, if you always are by yourself and don't want community, don't use the spiritual trick that everybody does. Oh, I'm just fasting and praying, and I'm, I'm, I'm consecrating from people. No, you're offended. <laughs> you're hurt. I'm preaching a little hard today, this morning. Oh, God. 
look at Psalms. Now watch this. This is, this is, this is where it's going to get good. Psalm chapter 31. Psalm chapter 31. I had a vision of like a superhero uh, being tied up, and their weakness was draining the strength out of them. When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell the youth, we're God's original superheroes. They're like, oh, come on. I go, we have superpowers. <laughs> They're like, come on. No, I said, we have x-ray vision. I know we don't. Yes, we do. It's called the discerning of the spirit. We can look at someone and have x-ray vision and say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend, you remind me of something where, where you told me a story where someone was just prophesying to you. And you said, well, I'm not moved by that because that's a familiar spirit. Derek said, I don't care if you could prophesy to me. That may be a familiar spirit. He wasn't moved by that because he had discernment. Watch this. Watch this. We have the, the gifting of miracles. We can lay hands on people and God does the healing. That's a supernatural gift. We have the gift of prophecy where God could say your first and last name just to prove that he loves you to somebody. Those gifts can be quenched if we allow the flies in the ointment. Watch this. Look at Psalm 31. Watch this. I am dying. This is David from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Watch this. Sin are flies. Sin has drained my strength. And I'm washing away from within. Now watch this. Watch this. Galatians chapter 5. Turn there real quick. This is so good. What really are the main characteristics of a fly? Oh, this is so good. Now watch this. Because when you keep your anointing or ointment free from flies, the spirit of God will begin to flow out of you with great power. I said when you keep your spirit, your mind, your soul away from these spiritual flies, the spirit of God will flow in you and through you with power. The reason you're dead on the inside is because there's not any moving. And I'm going to tell you that there's a foreshadow at the end. But here's what I'm going to set it up. What is the main characteristics of the fly? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Galatians chapter, oh man, chapter th- 5 verse 9. Now this, this, listen to this. Let's tie it all together. Let's tie it all together. Lord of the flies, don't let flies in your ointment. Are you ready for this? Look at this. Don't you know that when you allow even a little, here's the word, lie. In your heart. Watch this, guys. It can permeate your entire belief system. Is that in the Bible? Yes, in the Passion Translation. Galatians chapter 5. Don't you know that when you allow, allow, if I say allow, the flies in the ointment it can, or the lies, it could permeate your entire belief system. I have an announcement to make. The lies are the flies. The lies of the enemy are the flies in your mind that are trying to tell you you just sin and you can't serve God, that there's, you've, be, you've had it better in the world, that you're not anointed for this, that you're comparing yourself, that you'll never be used by God again, that you're never going to get out of this season. In your marriage with your kids, it's lies. The biggest thing that the enemy has. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Put it all together. Let's put it all together. The lie, everybody say the lies are the flies. Say it again. The lies are the flies. Let's put it all together. The flies, dead flies, putrefy the perfumer's ointment. Beelzebub is the lord of the flies. And the devil is the father of lies. Oh, man. He's the father of lies. The king of the fly is the king of the lie. (laughs) Yes, Lord. John chapter 8. I'm almost closing. John chapter 8. Real quick. I got to get it because this last part is so good. 
Why do you not understand my speech? This is, t- this is Jesus, verse 43. Because you're not able to listen to my word. He was telling the people he's talking to. Watch this. Because you are the father of your devil. Could you imagine that? Jesus saying, you're, the, you're of your father the devil. He had no shame. He goes, I'm trying to speak to you. You can't understand me. And I'm going to tell you why you can't understand me. He says, because you love the dead flies. That's basically what he's saying. You love the flies. Now watch this. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Say this with me. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Don't let the flies putrefy your anointing. Your ointment. Come on, say amen. There is, I read a quote, an example of an article I read that what the world will look like if there was no mosquito control. Like if there was no intentional, do you know that there's intentional mosquito control, right? I read an article, what would happen if there's not intentionality in controlling mosquitoes? What would happen if the church stopped being intentional about mosquito control? Spiritually, just live your life however you want and have no control, self-discipline about recognizing what is happening to drain the life of God out of you. And I'm going to read it by a quote. The article said, if mosquito control was not intentionally limited and exercised, watch this, the result would be, listen to this, that there would be health issues. Listen, if if mosquitoes were, were not, I'm going to say the gangster way, were not killed on purpose. If there wasn't a system to kill mosquitoes on purpose, this is what would happen. The world would be uh, filled with health issues and disease on an op- uh, ap- apocalyptic levels that would take place. And we would not be able to leave our homes or do any leisure activity outside because of the mass infestation and multiplication of mosquitoes and insects. Sounds a lot like the end times, doesn't it? Mosquitoes have to be controlled, just like sin and spiritual flies have to be controlled. Now watch this. Here's where you're going to shout. I want the worship team to get up here. Watch this. Woo-hoo. One of the proven ways to repel flies, repel, everybody say repel, from staying in one location is that there needs to be movement. Listen to this, listen, listen to this. There needs to be movement. Everybody say movement. Tito was, was, was speaking something, and he didn't even realize it. Now, why do I say, Pastor George, watch this, watch this. All eyes on me for a second. Because wherever there is stagnant waters that are not moving, you will see flies in swamps. You will see flies in ponds. You will see flies in pools because they're not moving. But you never see flies in rivers because rivers are always moving. They're always flowing. Rivers are always flowing. And there is no resting place for the fly. But if there is stagnant waters, if there's stagnant waters, you will see flies circling around that. How many have had a pool and you haven't cleaned it for a couple of months and it becomes green? What is there that is attracted? Flies. What if you see a swamp and there's no moving of the waters? What happens? What happens? What happens? There is flies. What happens when there is a a, 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 a body of water that is just staying there? Eventually, flies will attract. But let me tell you, if you have stagnant waters, here's a revelation. You're opening doors for flies to be attracted to you. But there needs to be a moving again of the Holy Spirit, of the rivers out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters. 
and I am concerned that the body of Christ have become a little stagnant in their passion and in their reading of the word and they have become stagnant in prayer and the body of Christ no longer wants to make sacrifices that's too hard for me I can't tell you how many times people text me I'm too tired I don't want to do it we need stagnant waters to be moved again we need a move of the Holy Ghost we need a move of the Holy Spirit we need a moving of the Spirit of God again in our homes we need a move of the Holy Spirit I don't want to be a professional preacher I don't want to be a professional preacher that just operates in my gift the day that Remnant Christian Center stops the moving of the Holy Spirit we will offer nothing to people to transform their life or bring freedom and healing but there needs to be a move of the Holy Spirit in him we live in him we move and then we have our being right in the middle of live and have our being is moved. There has to be movement again. There has to be a stirring of your gifting again. There has to be a stirring of your passion again. There has to be a stirring of your love for God again because some of you have become stale and stagnant and unknowingly have invited flies to putrefy your anointing and you don't even know it's putrefying it because everybody else sees it but you don't see it yourself. There needs to be a move. I said there needs to be a move. There needs to be a move. In the pool of Bethesda, as the waters were stagnant, there was no miracles happening, and sick people were all around stagnant waters. Let me tell you, whenever there's stagnant waters in your life, you become spiritually sick. You become spiritually dull. You become spiritually boring. You have no desire for the things of God. You don't want to serve in the church anymore. You're just a professional Christian. Oh, God, let us repent today from being professional Christians. Oh, God. But when the angel of the Lord stirred up that water, and that water began to move, The sick people said, the water is moving. The flies are leaving. It's time for me to come in. It's time for a move of the Spirit of God in your life. It's time for you to start looking and pursuing to God like you've never done before. This is a year of dominion, and we're going to take back what that enemy stole in our life. We're going to take back. I'm telling you, if you don't want it, you can stay in your chair, but I'm going to grab it for you. Do not, I repeat, do not in the sixth year be a professional Christian anymore I need you to start crying again that's right I said it I need to be moved don't just sit there in church like this some of you guys the whole time I'm preaching you're like this come on man stir it up stir up that thing don't just look at me with that face get engaged start praising God come on there needs to be a move lift up your hands come on come on come on Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.